All good. Did you put um, did you put Pat V just in case we weren't sure if it was Velner or Veneer? What was that? What was it when we were in Dubai? Verl? Verlner. <laughs> yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. I feel like I've had Velmer with an M before. Just make it easy on people. I don't know. But no haircut yet? No, I did get a haircut. Oh, that hurts. No, I can't see your hair. You can't Back see up. it. Yeah, your head's cut off on my camera. Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. I feel like... Did you get you the haircut me? there? Show, show you the back? Show you the back? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Um, no, I got it just before I left. That's a Canadian stylist? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, nah, local, local Vancouver Island. Uh, do you have a regular person you go to? Yeah, just uh, someone at their house up the road for me pretty much. You should have got a hair. You should have got a haircut in the states. You so you know, like you would fit in with the local, uh, the local look. What do you just ask for the special? Yeah, the Madison special. <laughs> what is the local look? I'm not sure what the local flavor you, is. You would look like a block of cheese. Oh, nice. Pat, I already kind of do. I think. Um. Do you want to start with like some like formalities or just dig in? Oh, I don't care. It's your show. Oh, good. You're so easy. We'll start with a quick formality, even though I don't like formalities. But this is sincere. Thanks for doing this. I know this oh, is. No I know this is weird to ask CrossFit Games athletes in the middle of the competition um, to sit down and do an interview, but it's all we got. You know, it's all we got. It's all good. It's pretty easy. We got a day off today, so I got nothing else to do. I did a little bit of exercise this morning and did some stretching, so now I'm pretty much doing nothing for the rest of the day. Are you a fan of? Uh, not the that this off- is nothing. Not that this is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing. This is nothing. Are you a fan of the off day during the games? Oh, Brian, best day of the CrossFit Games. Seriously, but, you do like the off day? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's nice. I think it's nice too because, like, say last night, I kind of stayed up a little later and like had dinner with my folks and got to hang out with Michelle and the baby and stuff a little longer. And it's it's like you don't feel as guilty or stressed about that. So it is tough when, you know, people come out to see you compete and you kind of have to lock yourself away. And especially yesterday being an offsite day for the start. And like we had five call times and if you count the opening ceremonies and then tomorrow, or tomorrow will be the same. We have five events on the schedule tomorrow. So it's, it's like, it's busy. You don't see people all day. So uh, having that off day does give you a chance to kind of see people and, uh, and just, you know, actually kind of enjoy it for a little bit and have a night of less stress it's nice to be focused but i think it's hard to just stay on for five days straight so it sort of gives you a a period of grace where you can do that and like i said not be not feel like you're not doing everything you can by by relaxing a little bit is that your nanny in the background it's just the housekeeper for the hotel oh i got you the timing was perfect are you um are you staying alone or are you staying with your wife and kids? Uh, I have a separate room, and then they have uh, we have another room that my parents and Michelle and the baby are in. That's like next door, basically. And but, do you pay for your own room, or does CrossFit pay for your rooms? I pay for the rooms. Okay, noted. Um, one one trying, day, maybe one day. I was. Do they pay for any of the athletes' rooms? No. I was um, trying to figure depends out if you count if you depends if you count semifinal prize money, I guess. No, you don't count that. There you go. I'm trying to figure out um, 
Who's cooler, you or Nick of Time? Nick of Time. It's a guy who just gave us five bucks for interviewing you. I swear to God, I just saw it pop up on YouTube. Oh, really? Five bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. He gave you five bucks for interviewing me? Yeah. <laughs> I like it better when I say it. I don't like it when you say it. He sounds like he's cooler than me then. <laughs> um, why? It sounds like I should be thanking him. What? We'll split it with you. We'll send you two. Nice. nice. Um, I, can, I can use it for the laundry money. Why? Um, why do this podcast? Like I was trying to ask myself that question this morning and, and um, like why Brian, why, why Brian and I are doing this? I guess I get off on just like staying relevant. It's all I've known for the last 15 years. Um, I've kind of taken a break from the game from the last three years. I do like, um, I do like podcasting. I definitely like talking to people and, and picking people's brains and, and kind of going deep with people. But why? Why? Why would you do this? Why? Why would you jump on with us? You You have your own mindset. You, you're You're supposed to be, you know, in in your in your in your game in your game game time. Well, first of all, I like that you have a pretty honest self assessment. I think that's awesome. Uh, I think I don't Is know. Is that the real me? nanny right behind you? Yeah, that's Michelle and the baby. <laughs> Hey, girl. Oh, nice hair. He says nice hair. She can't hear you. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, for me, doing stuff like this is kind of fun. Uh, it's part of the fun part of being at the games. Like I said, it's hard to be just like in a killer mindset all week long, like for five days straight. I think that if you walk around with your shoulders up all week long, it just, it actually is exhausting. Um, so finding the times where you can relax and just sort of like let your guard down for a little bit, I think is beneficial for me as an athlete. Uh, I think in general, most people will probably tell you they compete better when they're relaxed. Um, sometimes those really stressful situations can just get to you or being stressed nonstop for five days is going to eat you up. Like you probably won't sleep great. You might not, you know, deal with other things well. So I think it's nice to be able to do this kind of stuff. And it's just kind of the fun part. Like being here, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like doing some of those workouts isn't the most fun all the time. It's fun when you finish. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to find the other stuff that's actually really enjoyable. Uh, so those these are the things. And it's, I think it's part of our responsibility almost as athletes who are who have kind of become public figures in the space. That Especially right now where there's, you know, still – there's a lot of people wandering around the, the venues and I'm a little less likely right now to stop and take a bunch of photos with people just because of concerns with like COVID and whatever. Like I got to get home still. Um, and I need to have a negative test, you know, Saturday in order to get home. So it's another way that you can kind of give your time to the community without maybe getting swamped by people. Did you go to vendor village today? No, I haven't been in Vendor Village ever in Madison since we've ever started here. Oh, did, when we were I was over there a little morning. earlier. I did see one of your competitors uh, wandering around the Vendor Village. I thought it was kind of kind of surprising, actually, especially given what you just said about you know just the precautions and stuff. You don't want to. Who 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 was it? Yorgos Karavis. Okay. George. Yeah. Okay. It's it's I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, and this I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but like. I think when when my in my first year at the games, I went to the vendor village in Carson, and it was fine because like 
I was a ghost. Like nobody knew who I was or cared and I, I could walk right by people, but that's just not simply not the case anymore. So it's sometimes it's challenging enough. Um, some days in the warm up area when all the age groups and teams and people are there, um, you know, you're trying to go do something and people will stop you and ask questions or whatever. And everyone's super well-intentioned and it's nice. And I'm, I'm happy to give my time when I have it, but it's, it's hard. I think in the vendor village, it could take you an hour to move, you know, hundred meters if you aren't careful. So it, that's just kind of the risk. And I think that we just try to avoid it because if I need something from there, I, I can probably send somebody to go grab it. Like either, you know, my coach or somebody is happy to go run and do that because they can typically run in and out a lot faster than I would. And it's hard. You don't want to, you don't want to look like a dick by like running through and being like, Oh, sorry, I don't have time and, tur and turning everyone down when they ask for a photo or an autograph. Like again, I, I generally like to give my time when I can, but sometimes it's just not the time. Um, so I think avoiding there... those situations when you can is, is prudent. I don't want to shit on your simile, but um, I think you meant to say in your first year you were the invisible man because you still look like a ghost. Right. You're, you're from Canada. You're from there you Canada. go. But Are there actually uh, times during the competition where there is something that you need from Vendor Village? Like what would an example of that be? Well, so yesterday we went to the ocean or the lake in the morning. And before we left, I had I had turf shoes for event two. But they weren't the shoes that would be eligible for the Reebok bonus. So I sent Michelle, my coach, after the swim was done, I just said, like, hey, can you go to the WIT tent, pick up a pair of the, like, Reebok Adventure Nano 11s or whatever they were that have a little bit of a deeper tread, but they're still the Nanos? Because um, I want to wear them in event two because I think I can win it. <laughs> and so I did. She, or she did, and then I did, and now I got a bonus. But like I, nice I couldn't bonus. Our, our turnaround was was tight all day yesterday, so it would have been hard for me to run and do that. Um, so you know, there's like there's not a lot of situations like that, but occasionally something might pop up, and it's nice to not have to go do that myself. I guess that's uh, awesome that you did that. What a fucking great story! Um, had you worn those shoes before, and if you would have put them on and they would have felt uncomfortable, would you still rock them for the 10k? Um, I hadn't worn them before. Uh, so I basically just put them on right before we started that event. Uh, they look good. They look brand new. I was like, Oh man, those shoes look nice. I wonder if you had them specialty. Turns out he did. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were fast right out of the box. I had to cut the tag off right before the event, but, uh, they were, if they were really uncomfortable, I probably wouldn't have, like I had my other shoes with me, but sometimes those turf shoes are just a little bit uncomfortable and you have to deal with a little bit of discomfort, uh, for a short event and that's fine. Uh, it wasn't going to be a super long event. If they were really stiff, I would I might not have worn them just because coming up and down off the bars and off the rings and landing on your feet might have hurt my feet a bit. But I don't know. I was trying not to be a wuss, and I'm glad I wasn't. Aren't you a Reebok athlete? Yeah. I would just pick picture like that they would have had like you get to your hotel room and they have like 20 pairs of shoes for you. With a well, note. they have yes, some. Get, get some. Get some pad, or we're not resigning you. Something like that. Something it's, it's interesting because we're in a, you know, we're in the noble games now, right? So, I think I, I maybe took for granted what it's like to have your your sponsor mm. sponsor the event in previous years, and you know how everything fits and everything's really readily available for you. But Reebok doesn't even have a tent at the games this year, so they're kind of operating in the wings. They've uh, they've got a trailer in the campsite. They've got some trucks rolling around giving out stuff, but. If you need things, I, we have reps around that are happy to kind of go for for you and, and get things. But uh, 
it's a, it's not as quick a turnaround as it might have been in previous years. So right. you got to be a little more organized. And I just I wasn't on the ball uh, leading into day one, and I should have been more. And I kind of just thought, ah, I'll just do it in my nanos. And then I, I feel like at night or I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? I might want a little bit more tread than I have on my nanos. So it was, it was lucky I was able to go do that, but they have supply around. It's more limited than it's been in previous years. So you got to be on top of it if you want stuff. And, um, but they're around, they're just kind of, they're working in the shadows. Yeah, normally they had like a 20,000, I don't know, I'm making that up, but they had the biggest booth at the games, 20,000 square feet, 40,000 square feet. I mean, it was crazy. It was a full-on massive store, and I totally I totally get your point. It's got to be quite the shift, and uh, I haven't personally worn the Nobles. Have you worn any of the Nobles yet? Uh, we put them on at check-in. We thought we had to wear them for the opening ceremonies, but as it turns out, we didn't, so I haven't really worn any of them. Do like I put wide... them on my feet at check-in, but that's it. Do you have wide feet? Uh, a little bit, not too bad. I know some people are pretty wide. I'm not. I'm not terrible. Yeah, that's why I like the nanos. Most of the nanos are wide. I can really the nano twos have just completely spoiled me. Thank God I have twenty pair. Yeah, wide in the toe, on... hey, in the front. Yeah, wide in the toe. I like uh, if I put. I've heard the nobles and the metcons are narrow, and I got like I got really wide feet, and my toes aren't all squished together. Like I, I, I didn't do the Japanese binding, so like most of the Americans do. Isn't that funky that they teach you that? Like in the third or fourth grade, you know, like they're like, and the Japanese people used to bind their feet, and we're all sitting in class with our feet bound, thinking that it's weird that they did that. You know what? I think if you dig deep enough, you probably don't even have to dig that deep. There's probably some weird stuff that we did in North America in the early days that you don't like either. <laughs> right. Um, Pat, uh, Michael Wright just gave us $4.99 for interviewing you. And I want to tell you, I'm feeling a little less generous now that I know that you won the $10,000 from that first event. I know you earned it. I know you earned it. I think Brian and I are going to split that one between us, if you don't mind. That's all right. Man, I thought it was $5. You're already down a cent. Yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy's cheaper than the last guy, $4.99. The man is tax. Pat, you said, uh, not all of the events are fun. What, what was the most fun event for you yesterday, and what was the least fun event? Uh, I think the Muscle Up one was the least fun event. Oh, the one you won? Yeah. I it just, It's funny. I remember thinking while we were doing it, like the Muscle Up, I thought it was a Muscle Up workout until I like got to the sled at the way back, and I was like, I finished the sled, and I was like, Jesus. I and that at that point we had about an hour turnaround before we had to do the sprint. So I, as soon as we finished, I was like, man, I have no idea how I'm going to run. Uh, like I couldn't even stand for like three minutes after I finished that event. So, um, that was like kind of miserable. Like that kind of grunt work just sucks. Like, and even with, once you got to the pig flips and things, you were just like, you know, you wanted to go, but it's a lot of grunt work and you were just tired and you could kind of keep trucking, but you didn't want to. Um, and then I don't know the most fun. I, I mean, personally, I probably had the most fun on the sprint because I didn't, I, I, I outran my expectations on that one. Uh, so I think it always feels good to do that. Like, I think looking at the muscle up workout, I knew that was a, a pretty good workout for me, but the sprint, I was kind of like, that's such a toss up. Like it's such a fast event that, you know, a second or two could cost you 10 places really fast. And so I was, I was really happy that I executed well on that. And I was very aggressive more so than I usually would be. Uh, but 
it paid off. So it was, I think that was a fun one. It was like done in the blink of an eye and it was nice when it goes well. We're, the last one the was t- fun. It was fun to be back in the Coliseum, but I feel like the, the sprint was cool. Were the top three sprinting times on the men's all from the same heat? Top five. The top five were all in this. That yeah, they're crazy. all from our heat. I think Did you guys was, just get the luck of the draw there. I, I was like, when we were lining up, I, I didn't really look at the heat closely. I just knew I saw it was heat three. And then when we were lining up, they called you to the line like five minutes or like three minutes before you started. And we were like, it was like me and I know, I didn't know Guy was as fast as he was and he was awesome. But I knew obviously we had Will and Saxon who are both quick and did very well in the sprints the years that we've had those. Uh, and, and Andre Houdet, I knew that he was a good runner, but I didn't know if he was a good sprinter or not. Yeah. So, and we had the other guys we had that I wasn't sure how good they'd be. Like we had Cole Sager and he's, I wasn't sure how he'd be for the whole, for that kind of distance, but he's an aggressive guy. Um, and I think he's you know, someone who's not afraid to like body position someone. So looking at that and even other guys, like we had like Alice Caron and like Royce Dunn and like some big guys that it was like, you don't want to get caught behind those bodies. Cause it's just going to be, it's going to make it really tough on you. So I knew he had fast guys and I knew you didn't want to get pinned in behind any of the big guys. So I was like, I just decided I was going to be really aggressive and run the first like hundred quite fast and get out in a lead pack and try to not get caught behind anyone. And then just like, hang on, like try to pick a pace early. That's fast and aggressive and then hang on till the end. And I was running out of gas at the end. Like had there been another 10, 20 meters, like I would have, Saxon would have for sure passed me. Like I towed him out, but he was coming on strong and Will just got me in the end, but I, I was fading by the end for sure. So I just kind a, of it was went, a, for the I fly, it, went for the fly and die approach. I called it the wall of meat. Like if you got stuck behind the wall of meat, I mean, Cole, Cole was toast from the beginning. He got stuck behind the wall of meat and then there's just no way. It's, yeah, just, and it's just shoulder to shoulder. It's almost like it looks like almost like a Chippendale dance, the way these shirtless guys are running at you. And it's just like, there's no, <laughs> Like you're gonna have to exchange bodily fluid if you pass someone. I mean, it, yeah, it was so crazy. It, it definitely that was obvious. I think we wa- I watched the first couple heats start, and then you could see the scoreboard from where we were, so you could kind of see the first stretch and see who was like leading, and then in about a minute you'd see who won and who the top two or three in that heat was, and it seemed pretty consistently that the people who came out fast and were in the lead in the opening stretch would hang on to be you know first or second in their heats so it it was there was very little exchange after the first corner it seemed like from the first couple heats so i was just like hey it's hard to convince yourself in a 500 meter race to go as fast as you can in the first 150 it doesn't sound like a good strategy but it felt like the right move and it turns out you talk to do you talk to brent goski after that one because uh i was pretty curious about uh the little exchange you had with bkg towards the end that he had with BKG? Yeah, BKG, I think, came up behind him and just gave him a little elbow and shoulder and ended up passing him by in the last stretch. Oh, I didn't really see it. Um, he mentioned it in passing that somebody did that and that there was a lot of like jostling in the last, like once they're on the turf. But uh, no, I don't think it was, I don't think there was anything sinister there. But I, I did the same thing to Guy on the way around the last corner. I tried to like cut him off a little bit. And then he just was clearly a better sprinter than me, and he had another gear that I didn't. So at the end, I was like, "Hey, sorry about that. You're better. You're a better runner than me." 
Matt, uh, Brian, um, the thing is, is it, and maybe this isn't fair to say, but I think it is, uh, Fikowski is such a big guy. It's like in basketball. If you're a big guy, more guys are going to lean on you. And then on top of that, BKG had such a dominant performance that a little shoving. When, when you shove a guy, you better really run past him fast. That being said, Pat's performance on that really screams uh, what you've been saying all along about Pat. I mean, he... Pat, I'd like to see that race again and see if Pat beats Guy. They finished so close. And what we're seeing here is a guy that people did not expect to do well on the sprint. He lined up there. Um, you look like you're you're made to resist the wind, Pat. You look like you have nothing aerodynamic <laughs> about you. And yet you fucking pulled off an incredible, incredible event. I also want to go back to event number two. You didn't just win that event. You decimated the pack. There is some. Uh, th- this is very uh, Fraser esque, and the 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 next five places after you had a wider spread than your spread between uh, first and second place on the second event. So, I, I mean, I mean, clearly this these are th- these are more than just signs of a champion. This is this is you're ready. You're you're truly ready. Well, there's a long way to go, and I still have a, a hole that I'm climbing out of that I put myself in at the start of the weekend. Um, but it's a good, I was, I'm happy with the trajectory after event one. That's for sure. Um, the last event was like, I'm fine. I think I, I would have liked to have taken like a top five, but not quite there. But I think if, I think I can consistently put up more performances like that and I should be, I should be back on the tracks in no time. But, uh, you're also, you're not the first person to tell me that about my running. So a few people have told me that they're like, you don't look like you're fast <laughs> but you killed like, it well like when you're running you don't look like you should be fast but you just are i was like well thank yeah. you well and, 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 and you looked good you looked good your arms weren't all over the place i mean you looked good but just at the lineup i think even the commentators were like there was some tension around that because people do want to see you do well people do have high expectations for you and like you could feel it in my house as i'm watching it on the 90 inch oh shit pat poor pat like this is like this is a, a box that's going to be running next to some you know <laughs> more felt uh, but you fucking killed it and you looked great you looked great and you oh, looked you looked you. a little more lean you look a little more lean and ripped than norm oh thanks it's probably because yeah. we didn't have time to eat yesterday but if i took uh, a picture of you and, and then just sh- turned up the sharpening a little bit you'd look like an underwear model yeah you gotta get the contrast going i think i'm, I'm hard to light well so you might have just seen something in good lighting Pat, what do you think about people who wear a suit and tie in their um, like avatar photos and their profile photos, like on Instagram? Or does that give you a different, um, like you know how some people like I don't know what you have. You probably have or just like in a t-shirt. And Brian and I are probably in t-shirts. But like, what do you think about I the think, guys who are doing the suit and tie look? I think in my Facebook, I'm wearing a shirt and tie. Oh, you are okay. Because I've got some gala with Michelle, I think. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends what you do. Like it depends what your profile is for. Like on my social media, which is primarily like an athletic account, that's sort of the image I'm going to put out, right? If you're a lawyer, like maybe that's the image you want to put out, right? right. So I, I have lots of friends who are, yeah, like lawyers or professionals, and they they present a little more clean cut version of themselves than maybe I know. Like but, your wife uh, would wear your wife would wear one of those white coats and a stethoscope in hers. Maybe she probably has one of those kicking around. I don't know what she what she has. Uh, up right now but either that or scrubs 
I asked because Andrew Adam Drew uh, just gave us ten dollars for this podcast, and he's wearing a suit and tie in his uh, profile pic. And normally, um, sounds like a, a professional. Yeah, good dude. That's probably and, and that's probably he doubled down on the amount of money the rest of the people gave. Yeah, because he's got more money because he wears a suit and tie. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't say it sways my opinion one way or the other. Really, there, you you had that thirty fifth place. And then you have a first, a third, and a seventh. If you hadn't have dug out of the hole as well as you did, standing in fifth place now with a pretty tight race, would you not enjoy this day off as much as you probably are? Probably. I think I'd be a little more stressed. I think that the, you, I would probably feel like I wished I could be doing something actively to be digging myself out further. Um so it, it would be like you, you'd be chomping at the bit to get back started. Cause like, I want to do another event now and like start to erase that point deficit. But the fact that I've erased the most of it is good. And like, I feel a little bit more. And also it just, it gives you confidence. Like nobody likes to crash and burn in an event and it makes you question like, Oh shit. Like, am I as prepared as I thought I was? Um, and then being able to follow that up with a few solid performances, it's like, okay, I'm, I am where I need to be or should be. Um, and it's, it's all good. Like you just need to, you can chill, you can relax. Um, so that takes the edge off a little bit, You're a little less stressed for sure. Uh, and I think I was talking with my coach yesterday about it and it's, it's this exact same actually as when in 2018, um, I, I was 36, I think in the crit race after I crashed and that day we had four events. We had the muscle ups and the total and the marathon row. And it's, it's almost the exact same day. I crashed and burned on event one. And then I think in my muscle-ups was like a seventh place or something like that. Basically what I did on the last event today, I took a second on the total, which was like outperforming my expectations. And then I think I took a fifth on the marathon row. So like a very similar scoring trajectory for the day. And then to, uh, yesterday I was like 35th, first, third, seventh. So, you know, I, and that year I, I came back to finish second. So I think that it's fine. I, and you know, I've, as much as I hate that I do it all the time, I know that I can do that. And I've, uh, I've proven that it's fine and I can sort of, uh, write the ship and, and keep trucking forward. So I don't know. I, I think that it's nice to have that in the back of your head and know that you can do it, but it's definitely a lot nicer when you've already done a lot of that work. And now I feel like I'm, more or less back to a level playing field and I can almost just zero out that first day and then start moving forward. When you come out of the water for the swim, do you know what place you're in? Does someone say, Pat, you're in 12th or anything like that? No. And the swim, I wasn't like, I wasn't crazy on the swim. I actually was tried to be pretty conservative on the swim because in the past, in those events, like when we did the swim paddle run, um, I I'm just like, I'm, I'm not the best swimmer for sure. So I think that year I came out of the swim in like 30th ish. And then I, I made up a lot of ground on the paddle uh, and passed up like seven people on the paddle and a couple people on the run. And then I kind of expected it to be similar. So I figured like be a little conservative and save your arms a bit in the swim. And then on the paddle, you'll have to just start to pick people off. And I just, I struggled on the paddle a lot more than I thought I would. I couldn't, I couldn't get any speed. I felt like I, no matter what I was doing with my stroke, I was had, I had one speed, uh, 
So it was frustrating and it was a long paddle to be frustrated on. So it was difficult to finish that event and know like, fuck, I, I just gave up five, six places on the paddle where I expected to make up ground. And, you know, now I've got like a bottom five finish and now I've got to like try to get my shit together here for the next event that starts in like an hour. Um, so it was, I don't know, it was, it was a bit dark there for a little bit, but, uh, that's why I think I, I, I needed to be aggressive on the second event, uh, was to like start that comeback. And I, I wasn't going to wait around for it. Like I, I needed, I knew that I needed to get points now. Uh, so I, that event, I started quite aggressively and I kind of expected people to be a little bit faster on the muscle ups. Uh, so I was happy that everybody was clearly at least as tired as I was when we got back to the rings. <laughs> so, um, it was good. I'm glad it worked out. And it's nice when that's the draw. Like if I'm going to have a bad event, it's nice when the events are random and it's nice when the next one's one that allows you to rebound well and give you some momentum back. Cause it matters. Like if you're down on yourself for three events, it's that's tough. But if you can start to just generate good momentum, I think that, you know, having a lot of success on event two probably helped me be a little more confident to be aggressive in event three, which is what I needed to do. Um, and then, you know, I think by the evening I was like comfortable and back to a place where I was like, all right, you're just, you just need to be controlled again uh, and compete smart. So yeah, I don't know. It wasn't great. Was there an hour? You were in the kayak for, let's say an hour. Is that fair to say? Less, a little less than that, but it was long for sure. The total event time was like, I don't know. I think the fastest time was maybe like an hour 10. I think I got in at like an hour 18 or 19. Okay. Was it there? So you're saying that in that, basic hour of the kayak paddle there was never like a time where like there weren't like minutes where you're like oh my god i'm gliding or holy shit i'm in the zone you're saying the whole thing was just like what the fuck yeah i had trouble like i I felt like i was i felt like i was just plowing water like i really had trouble getting like a good glide and a good smooth paddle like i don't know it was it was uh like i said very frustrating and i tried i tried a bunch of different things to change my stroke I, i know some people who are competitive paddlers and uh, I got some good tips before and I just, I don't know, couldn't put it together. And it was fr- very frustrating. I feel like for the first 20 minutes, you're like trying to figure it out. The next 20 minutes, you're like, I don't, I don't get it. And then by the end, I was like, you just need to like, just get done and then start to move on. Cause uh, it's just like, it's clear. It was clear at a certain point that I wasn't, I wasn't going to suddenly figure it out and start to just like put the turbo boosters on. Um, so yeah, it's tough to see that. And then, and also it's tough to see that and have to have that reality exist in like for like the next 30 minutes and just be like, Oh, okay, fuck. Like I'm, I'm giving up ground and I'm, and it's, it's a slow event on the paddle. Like even when you're getting past, everything happens really slow. Like nobody flies by. It's this like slow drift and everyone's like, how you doing? So it's a pain. It's painful when people pass you, you're going four miles an hour and they're going 4.5 miles an hour and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, like, basically. Oh, nice, so nice hair tie, uh, uh, Reagan Huckabee. Oh my yeah. God, uh, I didn't realize your traps were so big, uh, Fikowski. And like, you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's, it was frustrating for sure. Like, that was the biggest challenge of it was like trying to just be cool with it and be like, look, at a certain point, it was clear it wasn't going well and it wasn't going to magically change. And then it was like, how do I start to regroup for the next one? I need to get to the end and still try to give up as few spots as possible. But uh you know it's like you you're here we go again basically right 
Uh, it reminds me of bumper cars at the fair. You know, like those ones that they have, like the steel pole that touches the ceiling. Yeah. And like you see, you have a direct hit on someone, and you have it floored, and you're coming from <laughs> twenty feet away. But you, you talk like, like you're still only hit him at four miles an hour. You're like, dude, if you would have just given me seven miles an hour, I'd lifted his car up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, yeah. There's so no that's what crap. it felt like. It was a slow motion. It was a slow motion paddle. That's for sure. And, and and so those three events and the reason why I ask about the day off and and it, how it's going for you if because you you did show some um, great success in the last three events is we were talking to some other athletes Brian specifically and he was telling me this one other athlete who's not doing as well as you said to him hey this this day off is just brutal like I wish I could just get it I, I like they want to get back in there right away and prove something right and that may have something to do with the fact that you're a veteran also I it's funny I like to. I always joke that I'm like the laziest games athlete back there. I was like all, all day. I was just like, Oh, you guys excited for your day off? Like best day of the games. Um, but I think you're totally right. And I think it, it depends on like, I kind of said that earlier. Like if you, you would want to start to do something to put that comeback in motion, like how do I start to erase that deficit? So you definitely feel like you're, you know, a duck on a pond. Like you have to just, you're sitting still in your room but like things are turning and you're like, you want to, you want to figure out like how to make this go forward. Um, and you just, there's nothing you can do today. Right. So that's a stressful way to exist for a day. And the best thing you could do is just appreciate the fact that it's a day off, like it or not, take care of your body, do the things you need to do, and then be ready for tomorrow to, to go for it. Um, but I totally, like, I, I, I think I would be in that exact same mind mindset if I, was you know still in 20th after that i'd still feel like man i i've got a long way to go and i, I want to start doing it um, it would suck but, if you were below 30th the, the first event too the the really shitty part about it is well also because of the tremendous comeback you, you have to make but you're below the first cut line so that's got to give you at least some reprieve right that it's like holy shit at least i'm i'm now above both cuts I mean, I know there's still a lot of events tomorrow, but that the the guy who's in last place is tripping. I'm sure. Who who is that? Let's see who's in last place because, I mean, his shit like he knows his days are numbered. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hadn't really thought much about the cuts. Uh, Zach Watts, poor Zach Watts. Especially after my um, my first event, I like. I'm confident that I would be able to get back above, you know, above thirty at the at minimum, you know, but. Uh, I, I heard uh, some people told me that the announcers were already saying, "Oh man, talking about cuts after one event." It's like, <laughs> it was crazy. Relax. Relax. I was getting, uh, I was getting so many messages and messages on Instagram. Also, like, "Hey, look at your boy Pat, thirty fifth. What's going on?" I'm like, "What are you guys think talking about? It's one event. Like, have you never watched the games before? It's not 2019. It's it's gonna be okay." Yeah, it's there's like seven events is a lot of events. All right, nine events. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I was not overly concerned, but I agree that like you were saying, the other athletes you talked to after that first event, I could feel the sense of urgency and I was like, well, that was really bad. And I can't wait to like do something a lot better uh, and just feel like you're, you're showing a better version of yourself too. Um, Cause of course it's a, it's a letdown personally when you, when you bonk on events like that. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about cuts, but yeah. There's also this too. If you hadn't have come out, uh, what did you come out? 35th. Um, 
the camera crew would have packed up 20 minutes earlier and moved on to the next event. I mean, probably that Vellner comes out of the water 35th and you have fucking 10 cameras on you discussing your fucking, your performance. Um, do you yeah. That's that the thing. It's always the water. Are you like, Jesus Christ. Give me a I towel. mean, maybe a little, you're just like, I don't know. Let's get out of here. Let's get on the bus. Like, there's a little bit of that like i don't want to talk about it like yeah i know like i already know you don't need to ask me about it right and i actually didn't know what place i had finished in that event but i knew it was i were talking when i got into the kind of tent and so people asked now i was like oh i bet you bottom five is what i said and so like i knew where i was at roughly but uh when we finished event two that was like the first thing i mike mike arsenal did the interview on the floor and the first thing he said was like so you finished 35th and then you finished first i was like oh thanks it's just like yeah it's a, it's you know it's annoying but I, I do it to myself right like if i if i didn't want to hear that i should just finish better in event one you know it's bad if you get out of the water and someone goes are you injured yeah <laughs> that would be yeah a couple people asking are you okay you're like i'm fine <laughs> Um, Pat, do you know what happened to um, Alexander Illen? Um, we're seeing he's in 38th place, and we don't see a score for him on the fourth event. Has anyone figured out what happened to him? I don't know. I I didn't uh, – yeah, I, I wasn't actually aware of that. But uh, It says withdrawn, actually, in the third event. There's a WD. I'm assuming that's what that means. Do you know what happened? Okay, uh, so he didn't, he didn't run. Okay. Do you know what yeah, happened, he withdrew. Brian? He withdrew prior to that event. I, I have not heard anything about why. I'm just – I'm pretty bummed about that because I was really happy that he was able to make it over and and obviously we barely get to see him. Wow, no kidding. Hey, we've like all the Russians can't get visas and the one that makes it withdraws after two. That sucks. That I, I saw him after the second event and I feel like uh I mean I didn't I didn't like talk to him or anything, but I, I know I, I think that might have been the last time I saw him now that you mention it. Um it's there was a few like uh, there's some people licking their wounds yesterday. It was a hard day. Like after the last event too, people had like, you know, some ice on the shoulders and there was some, some, some people nursing a few things in the back after we finished with the wall walks. So how does that, uh, how does that day one stack up for you from a physical perspective compared to some of the others you've done? Um, it's hard to remember. I feel like it's, it's like childbirth. You just, your brain like wipes it as soon as it's done. <laughs> you oh, get... You're going to get in so much trouble for that. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. If we had any female listeners, you'd get destroyed for that, but we don't have any. So don't worry. <laughs> no, but I think you, you, you just kind of like forget it. And you always, you usually remember the like kind of positive bits of it, but I mean, 2018 was hard and that was one that was, I feel like it was pretty similar, you know, like we had the crit was not a long race. I forget what it was exactly, but like a little bit around 20 minutes, maybe time domain. The marathon was like death by volume. And then the other two events were quite short. And yesterday felt kind of like that. You know, the, the pig flip event wasn't that much volume. It was pretty fast. And then the sprint was nothing. It was a blink of an eye. It was not, you're not going to be sore from that. As long as you don't like pull a hammy or something. Um, and then, yeah, the, the paddle really, I feel like personally, like that's all I feel is like my little bit of like triceps and back from the paddle and because uh, of all the volume and then a little bit of like my quads from the thrusters and that's pretty much it. So I, it wasn't that bad of a beat down. It felt like running around a lot. Um, I think maybe, I think maybe the ranch day one in 2016 might've been the hardest day one that I've done. 
Um, and that might be also be combined with the fact that we had to fly in and out and then we got like delayed on the way back. Like, I don't know if you just felt more sore as a result of some of those things. It was a hard day one. I for mean, me, for me, I had, uh, watching the end of the, um, the final event, the fourth event last night, there was, it seemed like there was a pretty good balance. Like some people seemed like they were in good spirits and, and okay. And others looked pretty beat up and devastated. And to me, it had a different feel than, the end of 2018 day one after the marathon row where almost everyone looks pretty defeated at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long, and I think that it's true. I think that was like a mental defeat a little bit as well, where you had spent so long on the rower, uh, the volume got you down. You were like crampy and um, you definitely, you you had run out of kind of mental bandwidth and emotional bandwidth and people were a bit fed up by the end of that. But the rest of that day wasn't terrible, you know, like doing the total and doing 30 muscle ups for time is really not that much in terms of wear and tear or volume. But that one event alone and having it at the, at the end of the day was definitely a lot. We were joking about it like that. I think last time we had a day off last time was probably 2018. Uh, and it was after that marathon row and everybody really needed it. And there was just a hilarious amount of like posturing on the day off where people would go try to move their body around a little bit and shake off that row and everyone be kind of like, Hey, how are you, how do you feel after yesterday? Oh, I feel great. I feel good. Like no problem. How do you feel? And everybody kind of faking it, <laughs> but it was, that one was hard on the body for sure. You're not meant to sit on a rower like that for three hours. Pat, what will, are you going to do um, like a ton of recovery today? Will there be like an hour or two of just, I don't know, whatever you guys do, like those foam rollers or balls you push into your skin or that gun that, that, gun that you guys pay 400 bucks for that like hammers a muscle or something are you gonna be doing I, a lot of that today i might do some of that lazy guy stuff this afternoon i uh i actually went and did a, a like a bit of biking a bit of rowing um this morning earlier really? before this yeah i okay. went in and like biked and rode for kind of 20 minutes and then i went and got some body work done so I'm not doing too bad and then i might just do a little bit of just stretching and maybe uh sit on the couch and watch the olympics and Theragun myself like do some little bit more lazy layup kind of stuff but overall i don't feel too bad like i agree with some people that are saying you know i'd like to get going i i, I can go today i i don't need the day off but if i have it i'll be happy to kind of spend it with some people and and relax hang how, out with how the many baby. Mo- how many monster energy drinks have you drank <laughs> oh man so many <laughs> um they're they're water right you're right but do they have the uh, do they have the other stuff there the stuff that like makes like your like hair stand on end not in the not that i've seen in any of like the athlete areas or the coolers that are on the field but i actually find it really annoying because it's nice to have bottles with a cap and like i can just take a water bottle with a cap or i could put some whatever pre-workout in it and just use that water bottle and or reuse it if i want i feel like there's so many cans sitting around everywhere it kind of kills me um but you have to yeah you like crack these cans and then people drink half of them and leave them i, I don't love the can thing but so e- eco pat doesn't like the cans it does look kind of fun to drink water out of a can yeah i mean i don't know i'm not a big canned water guy where i'm from you just drink tap water it's all good it's fresh from the mountain springs you know holy but, shit uh, tap water yeah you'll grow a third eye you drink that shit in the states <laughs> But uh, anyway, it's it's a different look. It feels funny to be drinking monster cans on, like after a, an event. I but, agree. It does look weird. 
uh it is what it is it's the only thing that's available is the thing like it's the it's the only water that's around anywhere so if you could um pour one on your head that would be cool because i really like that when jessica griffith did that because like at the time, i saw like, that we didn't even know that we thought those were energy drinks and i was like trying to process that in my head i'm like okay she's so hot that she's willing to pour a sugar-free drink on her head and the reason why i say sugar-free is because that way i guess i guess it's not sticky but I was tripping, but I thought it was just a baller move. But then I realized it was water, and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it definitely is a good look. But um, I saw that video, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, my, my luck, I'll, I'll grab the wrong can, and it'll be a, I'll be sticky for like the whole day. <laughs> You'll turn orange and be sticky. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the guy, the guy's there, the guy the the guy who does the, the – the representative for that who's like i follow him on instagram because he's a ufc guy tell him oh, yeah. for a thousand bucks you'll pour a bottle on your head you'll pour a can on your head yeah next and event i'll only take and only take three percent for that idea oh yeah cool sounds like a good deal um who are you hanging with back there uh who are your new friends who are your old i friends? don't know i feel like a lot of it is i was, I was hanging with bkg a lot yesterday I feel like yesterday when we were in the, the second warm up area, you just kind of get wherever you drop your bag, like the people that are next to you. So I was kind of by BK and Annie and Yana and like and uh, Henrik Haplinen. So I was with a bunch of the Europeans for party yesterday. Um, yeah, you like, you like they're all, with people whose names are impossible to say, like Henrik. Kaplan. Well, they're all they're all vaccinated, so I know it's safe in that corner. You're a good dude. You're a good <laughs> dude. Do you really do that? Do you do you ask the guys? Are are you like go? Danielle, get away from me. You're not vaccinated. It's been kind of like vague conversation over the last few days because it's just, you know, I feel like that's just world conversation these days. So right. it, there's a little bit of, and I don't know. I, I think that the way the whole stadium is filled up and the warm up area is chaos, I'm trying to be a little careful because I got to I gotta take a PCR test on Saturday in order to get home. Right. So if I, that- I got to make sure I pass my test so I can actually go home and I don't spend two weeks in a hotel here. Yeah, is that really your primary concern that you're not too worried about not necessarily getting it, but you just don't want to be away from your baby for two weeks when you get home? Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's going to be it'd be a waste of time and money to stay here for two weeks after the games and just sit in a hotel. So I, I'm here. I'm not overly concerned that here. I'd be super sick. Yeah, yeah, I won't let you get on a plane if you're sick or if you're infectious. You can come stay at my place. I'll I'll put you up. Oh, <laughs> throw God. me in a room somewhere. Oh God, appreciate you it, Brian. Wait- you would wake up every morning with Brian cuddling you. you you'd be just. <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> I might just leave a bowl of oatmeal outside his door. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Gruel. Please, um, sir. Is, is it a different? Is it a different vibe with Matt being gone, or is it just the same shit? Just lions in a cage. Uh, to I'd go? say it's kind of similar. Like, I don't think that there's a big difference. Like, people are here to win. Like everybody is every year. Um, even if it's not, you know, the years where Mad was very dominant, like even if by the end of the week you knew you weren't going to win the games, you still are trying to get your wins on the various events or, you know, what constitutes a win changes, you know, maybe by the end of the weekend, maybe person to person as like things develop. So you're still just, you're trying to shoot your shots and, and get in points when you can. And so it, it's still a lot of the same, you know, people are kind of, posturing on each other and trying to figure things out and figure out where everybody sits and and earn points where they can so it's fun there's still a little bit of playful banter in the back between events and i like it like it's it tends to be pretty light up until it's time to kind of warm up and then people start to kind of uh turn on 
So it's cool. Like I've spent lots of time chatting with guys like Travis and Chandler and Noah still and, uh, and Brent. So it's good. I feel like there's less people in our, where our lockers are. We used to have like recliners and stuff back there. and There isn't any of that anymore. So uh, there's been a little bit less kind of lounging in the back. And we, frankly, we didn't have that much time to lounge yesterday. We were, we were pretty much on call all day. They were lining us up at some point or you had 10 minutes to be here and then you had to be in another line and, it was a lot of hurry up and wait yesterday. So, but it's fun. It's been, it's been cool. Tell me about my boy, Travis Mayer. Give me a little scoop on How's he doing? Uh, he's I think sitting he's in 22nd. Right. He's okay. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him. You I saw, I saw him on the screen last night in the last event. And he looked like he was laying on the ground a lot, but uh, <laughs> not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, if he was to be fair, depending those... on when you looked, everyone was laying on the ground. Yeah, yeah it's fair. <laughs> I don't know if he was loving the wall walks, but I don't think he was alone. Um, I think he's doing good. Man, the guy's got four kids. Actually, I was talking to him the other day, and uh, we were just talking about kids and babies and stuff. Uh, and I was just talking about family. And he – I forget what the comment was, but I, I, I thought that he was, like, at least my age or maybe older. And I realized I was a year older than him. And I was like, man, he was making some some old man comments about himself. And I was like, dude – I'm older than you. Relax. I didn't, realize I, had, I didn't realize I had seniority over Travis Mayer with his four kids. Yeah, <laughs> it was right? like surprise, surprising to me. But he's fair. He said, you know, each, each kid adds like two years. So, how, how old are you? I'm 31. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's like, he's pretty hardcore religious. I don't think they use contraception. I think that's why religion is so popular, actually. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of the yeah, he, he's, got, he's got more highway miles. I've got like city miles on. Pat, do you know who Susan Clark is? The name rings a bell. She's she's a Masters athlete, is she not? Isn't she like a dominant Masters athlete? And like, uh, what age group is she? Well, that's hard to know the age groups. Susan Clark is a Canadian woman. She competed at the games this year in the women's 60 to 64 age division. She won her division. I'm, I'm updating the script for the age group ceremonies right now. She won her division, and this is now her fifth career championships at the CrossFit Games. It's the dominant record anyone's ever had. She's undefeated at the Games, and she's Canadian. Wow. Look out, Matt Fraser. <laughs> I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something not nice about the Masters right now, and, I, and I've really learned to like the Masters. But this morning I was watching the 65-plus, and they were trying to do double-unders, and I swear to God it looked like satire. I swear to God. it was. Were they, they were on the turf, though, weren't they? Uh, I Yeah, I guess. But they're all lined up. Go try to do do double unders on the grass for me quick, (laughs) Simon. It's bad. Actually, I was talking to Come back inside and apologize. (laughs) It can uh, still look like satire, though. It was crazy. I was talking to one of the guys from the Masters 35 to 39 division who looked just like he was more frustrated than he'd ever been in a workout trying to do double unders on the turf. And he goes, oh, my gosh. I, I did unbroken 21.1 double honors which ended with 210 in a row he said i've never had a harder time doing double honors than i did today then so I'm was, it, heavy, was it a heavy I'm rope not... or was it just the normal rope he told me he likes to jump low and spin and spin your roll a little slower because the graphs was like that was kind of dragging it so i think it was yeah. a normal rope he just it was like the total opposite of how he usually does them the turf is quite soft too. We like all of the athletes for the individuals were talking about it yesterday when we were doing the sprint. 
that when you went from road to grass, it like, it was like you slowed down a lot. Like you felt like you didn't get the same kind of ground reaction in your stride. So you were, it felt weird. It like, it, you could really feel the surface difference and it's like it absorbed a bunch of your energy. So I could see you doing double unders on that. Like you, it would be a different kind of feeling like this soft ground. And then the grass, like the, the, uh, the turf that sticks up kind of trying to grab your rope. I could see it being hard and you have to be very good at changing your technique uh, in order to do it. But. Okay, well, I'll I'll ask Dave tonight if that was like just like um, a practical joke on them because man, for a guy who who's really interested in the spectacle, man, it was a shit show. It looked like my little, it looked like a three year old like trying to catch a butterfly with a net. I mean, it was just like, it was ridiculous. I felt bad for them even. The Canadians are doing well in the Masters divisions, Pat. Nice. Good. I'm glad we're having representation. We're not doing so bad in the individual divisions right now. <clears throat> I think right. I think uh, Emma Lawson's winning the 16-17 as well. That's right. And I have a uh, – It's I want to say it's a bet, but I had a, a proposition to your friend Nate Edwardson the yeah. other day. And I said, what do you think? Can all six Canadian men in the individual field make the cut? I, bet, I think that would be pretty impressive if they did it, and, and I think it can happen. All six Canadian men. So it's Brent and I, Vigneault, Caron, Cornway, and Adler. Oh, yeah. I think we can all make top 20. Yeah, it's pretty Who's outside right now? Uh, I, I'm not looking at the leaderboard. I think Adler might be like 21 or 22. Um, Vigneault's definitely in like four, 13th or 14th. Caron's – no, Cornway is 10. I'm, 10, I'm not I sure think. what Caron is. Yeah, we could. The, we got a comment saying I should respect the Masters, and then I look to see who it's coming from, and it's my mom. <laughs> perfect she's one of our 12 listeners um uh pat you you talked about this killer instinct and i, and I want to get to that but first i want to ask about your mindset coming to the games do you have rules for yourself like during this week like like if you turned around right now when the podcast was over and your wife was like changing the baby's diaper like on the outfit you're gonna wear tomorrow like would, would you snap or do you like like What's what's your mindset, or if like you made a cup of coffee right before you were about to walk out of the house, and and she, and she had poured it out and cleaned the cup or something? Like, how are you? Are you on edge, or do you talk to yourself before and you're like, "Fucking, nut, I can't let anything bug me this week." I think it's hard to not be a little on edge, but I try my best to compartmentalize things, and I always do that when it comes to like my life and CrossFit. Uh, so I try to, when I leave the stadium, not be thinking too much about it and, and leave that there. And even like when we went yesterday, I brought most of my gear there and like left it at the locker and stuff like that. So when I come home, I'm not like surrounded by my stuff and things like that. Like my jerseys are there. My stuff is there. Like I go to the venue and then I'm in competition mode and I'm there for the whole day. And then when I come home, it's like you're not competition pad anymore. And it's hard to avoid it. Like you come home and I talk to my folks and you kind of recap the day and they watch and they want to talk about it. And that's great. But uh, at least that time you're kind of spending with them. And uh, I, I try to, I try my best to do that. I don't think I do it perfectly, but uh, I, I think it's important to like try to leave that there. Uh, Cause otherwise it's just, 
I don't know, it, it feels borderline abusive if you're kind of like a tyrant for everybody around you for like a whole week. Cause it's hard enough, like months leading into the games when it's like all about you and your training and things like that. And then it's all about you still. And it's all about, it, it's just like, I, I really try to avoid that as much as I can. Cause I think it's just, it's not a good version of me that I like. So, right. um, yeah, I don't think, and if I don't like it, I'm sure everybody else doesn't like it either. And, and, and honestly, in the long run, it's just a waste of energy too, right? That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, like I said, Fighting about with reality, about like the like the days and and like the late day and stuff like that. It's just like look, you can be you could be turned on all day today, like focused up, dialed, but it, for what? Like, I don't think it's like you might as well take the time and try to relax and regroup and, and spend some time with people that you might not be able to see a lot of for the next two days or three days. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it's hard when you're in it to realize that I think sometimes. So I think part of that might come from having been here a few times that I know it's like, all right, you know, you're going to, you're going to wish maybe you enjoyed parts of this a little more or did things a little differently when you get you're gone um, so it's fun. It's fun to be able to share it with the people that kind of help make it possible and support you. Right. Exactly. What do you think about, um, Jason Hopper's performance or do you think about it? I talked to him a couple times yesterday. Like I checked in on him a couple times, just like, yeah, how's it going? How do you, how's that one? And, uh, I don't know. I didn't see how he did most of the day. I think he did reasonably well on the first event. And I think he did reasonably well on the third event. I think he, got a bit of a punch in the second one and the last one. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I think that that's fine. You know, it's a long weekend. It's the first day. Like, you know, I think he got hit with a couple things that he knew he was not great at and probably was, I'm sure he's happy with his event one. I think if, if he thought he was going to come in here and bully all the men's field, he came in with the wrong idea. Um, but you know, everybody like, it's hard not to be disappointed when you don't finish high. And especially when that's been his experience so far. Right. Uh, I think it can be a little bit of like a crash landing back down to earth when you're like, Holy shit, there's 30 other guys here who are, who are just like me. Right. <laughs> and like, or they're better at some stuff, maybe worse at some stuff, but, um, it's tough. And we did some weird stuff yesterday. Like I'm sure he didn't go in thinking he was going to do a bunch of wall walks and he'd probably be the first to tell you that it's not his favorite movement. And, you know, I talked to him a bit after the, I think maybe after the sprint, but he like 48 muscle ups in a row for a big guy like that. Like, I'm sure that's not the role he wanted. Right. And I'm sure he didn't struggle at all on the pig and the sled, I bet. But when you got to do all those things in a row, it's tough. Uh, so it, it, you know, I think he's doing fine and he needs to, if he's, if he's down on himself at all, he needs to kind of shake it off because there's five events tomorrow and that's a lot of, it's a lot of work and I'm sure he'll be great at a lot of them, but, and he might still take a couple punches this weekend and that's totally fine. Like, like I said, take it from me. Like you can, you can be fine if you do, uh, if you bonk on a few events, it's not the end of the world. So um, I'm sure he's doing great. It's his first year here. And, and not that that means you get a free pass to just be blase about poor performances, but I think it's, it's a reality check for everybody when they first come to the games that, you know, sometimes you're a big fish in a small pond and then sometimes you show up and it's like, it, it can be alarming when suddenly you break through the ceiling and like, now you're back on the ground level of the next floor. 
and you're just kind of like, oh shit, there's a bunch of other guys who are really, really good. And those are your peers, right? And that's what the competition is going to be like. So you'll trade punches all weekend and you just got to get it in when you can. They, they keep you guys um, very close to each other the whole, um, the whole week, the whole event. At least they used to when I used to have access back there. Like it's just all you guys, you know, in a close area. You're either in the corrals together. You're either both grabbing for the same plate at the same time during warm-up. You guys pass each other. You're sitting on bikes next to each other, ice baths. I mean, it's a pretty tight area. In Carson, it was, I don't know, let's say 5,000 square feet, and you guys are all packed in there. To you guys, is it um, is it is it like a palatable? Like, do you realize? Oh, holy shit! This isn't like my three training partners at my affiliate with twenty regular people around us. Like, are you guys all aware? Like, is it is it a really unique experience to be a top athlete and then just be surrounded by people? Everyone's nipping at everyone's heels. It's like it's like forty it's like forty bears trying or forty uh, bulls trying to mate with one cow. It's is, do you feel that? I don't know. I kind of think it's cool. And I mean, at this point, I, I, I know most of the people. So, but it's fun. Cause you're like, you know, you're warming up and it's like, Oh my God, Hey, there's BKG or Noah Olson. And like guys that I've known for years, but like, you know, that they're very good. And especially in this last while where like the only thing you've seen of people is maybe what's on their social media for like the last year. Um, so it's cool. And I still feel that way when you see new guys come up and like a guy like Hopper that, was stellar earlier in the season, but I, like, I don't, I've never seen much of them. Right. So it's like, you watch people warm up a little bit and pay attention to what people do and how they behave and what their general affect and demeanor is. Uh, I think it's fun and I don't ever train with people. I'm by myself pretty much all the time. So I think it's kind of cool and energizing to have a lot of that high caliber athlete and experience in one place. Um, and yeah, so I kind of think it's cool. And I think everybody's always sizing each other up and trying to figure out when we're warming up for the next event, like, okay, who's going to be threatening? Who's going to be what? Like, so I think it's part of the game and I think it's really cool. It's a cool energy that's, that's packed into those areas when you have all the, all the best uh, CrossFitters in the world in one place. Ricardo, thank you so much. What a kind donation of $30. Ricardo Garcia. We'll split that one with you, Pat. That's a big one. 30 bucks. Nice. 10 bucks each. Um, what about, what about, uh, Colton Mertens? Have you stood next to, have you, I, I think you should get stand next to him. And I've talked to him a couple of times. Yeah. You talk to him. You, did he talk a little bit? He's, he's so, a pretty soft spoken dude. Yeah. He passed me on the paddle. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Did he say anything to you? Like eat a dick or like, no, uh, no. Just sort of shook his hair out. One of my favorite CrossFit game stories is when Emily Abbott was, I, I don't know what run it was, but she was running and she passed um, oh, Josh, Josh. Brid- yeah. Josh Bridges and talked some shit to him. Yeah. <laughs> Has there been, have you heard any shit talking out there? I don't like, I think it's always kind of tongue in cheek, right? Like people right, maybe give somebody a little ribbing, but it's not, nobody's like actually trying to fucking, Right. rile someone up so it's always a little bit of that i do it to people all the time and just kind of like you know whatever it is if you're just like starting before the wall walks and you're just like you know are you gonna i'm gonna you guys gonna do singles on the thrusters or what or like go unbroken <laughs> go are you gonna go touch and go wall walks and then people just kind of like what the fuck and just just like throw little things in that make people think like what's going on like right. 
Wait a minute. What? Am I thinking about this all wrong? Or does anyone yeah, ever? Does anyone ever respond that you're like you can go touch them while wobble? Because you're like, yeah, first five, but then after that, I'll slow it down. And you're like, oh, does that ever yeah, come back uh, at you? All the time, yeah. People are like, again, yeah, I think it's it's kind of just fun banter. Like people are, you know, I think that that conversation was with Sean Sweeney, I think, and like Paulson maybe. So he's like all over it, right? So it, it's fun to do that, and I think it keeps you got to. I think I'm a little bit aware of who you do that to, though. Like I think there's some athletes that know me a little more or have that similar kind of sense of humor. And some people, when they get stressed or in game mode, they want to like shut everybody out and focus up. And I respect that. And I generally won't, won't bother them too much. Um, but you know, I, I kind of try to keep it light and it makes me feel a little bit more relaxed and, and prepared. So, and some other people are exactly like that. So you find those people and you maybe throw a few jokes out, but, um, it's yeah. I, I uh, occasionally be... will give somebody one in the corrals and when they're focused in. Like I used to do that to Matt all the time when he was just dialed in, uh, and I <laughs> yeah, thought it was so funny. Tempting. And I'm sure he didn't. So... I'm sure he didn't think it, exactly right. It's like what an easy target. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a really still pond, and and there's a bunch of people standing around meditating, and you're like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna throw a rock <laughs> in there. I just can't. I just have to. You know, it's like. Um, it would. I think it's a, a, a great post. This is coming from the former executive director of CrossFit Media. Um, some advises to you, Pat. I think it would be good if you stood next to Colton Mertens and then even stood like on a couple plates and put your arm around him and then framed it so like your feet weren't in the shot so it looked like you were even taller than him and took the picture. And, and, and then like with some catchy post like I love competition or, you know, just really, really, it, it, I think it would blow up. Just... Maybe we got to get Brent to do it. That's what you Yes. Do. Yes. Brent. That would be awesome. There was, they were standing next to each other when we were sizing our yokes on like, Monday they were in the lanes Tuesday. next to each other for uh event two also. So as they took the, field, oh, were they? they were right side by side and lane, whatever <laughs> lanes they're in. He's so awesome. People need to be just working him in social media. He's such a, he's so awesome and he's so soft spoken, but, but he's a savage under there. He's soft yeah, like I, a lion, man. I was hoping, I thought he might uh, crush that last event yesterday because he's like on a barbell, like for a heavy thruster like that, he can move fast. So I, I thought he would just eat those thrusters up. And then I, I wasn't sure. I think the wall walks were harder for the smaller athletes because we had one standard distance. Um, you want to tell so him something little... or me? Yeah, go ahead and tell him. He was going to crush that. He was going to take second. Go ahead, Brian. Tell him what, what happened. He would He would have finished in the top five. He cramped up in the round of seven. And the oh, wall walks, really? he couldn't, and it was on the wall walks, actually. He said he had to do them with straight legs. Like, if he bent his legs, his hamstrings were just seizing. And so he oh, had to no way. slow way down. It, it, I think it the legitimately cost footage. him two minutes in the workout. The video footage oh, was no crazy. Way. Like, he couldn't even walk from the wall walks to the bar. It looked like he was on stilts. Like, his legs were perfectly straight, maybe even looked like they were, uh, what is that, hyperextended? Like, it looked like his, like his, his knee was bending backwards and then he would waddle over to the thruster. But, I thought that's just how he walked. <laughs> his, his, his legs are like as wide as they are long. He's like, right. he's, he's got thick legs. That guy, dude, so, that's too bad. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I didn't watch all that heat. And so, and I think that really when we're watching the footage, they just are showing the leaders. So I saw a lot of Scott Panchik doing thrusters, but not a lot of anybody else. So uh, Pat, I got a fun, that's fun stat for you here. All right. Do you know the guys fantasy fitnessing on Instagram? Yeah. 
Yeah, they do They do a lot of good work and cool stuff. So they put a thing up a few minutes ago. It says, Pat Vellner with 11 events remaining in his career at the CrossFit Games. 2016, 10th place. 2017, 25th place. 2008th place. 21, 5th place. So I'm in, I'm in a better position than I've ever been is what you're saying. That's right. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> thought you'd like that. And, and I wanted to acknowledge them. They do a lot, a lot of cool stuff. If you haven't ever checked them out, they're always putting up good stats about the athletes in the competitive field. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I know. I, I mean, I know what I have to do for the rest of the weekend. And it's, it's a whole lot of what I did in events two, three, and four and not a lot of what I did in event one. So it's pretty simple. Pat, we interviewed Scott Panchik yesterday, and uh, he it, it was so freaking cool. He basically said on the drive down to the games, he decided he was going to retire. And when he decided he was going to retire, this like massive relief came over him. Like, oh. And it, he was so eloquent in describing it. I wish I could remember some exact quotes. But... One of the things he said was in that workout, in that thruster wall walk workout that he won, he basically said, I said, did you know you were going to break them? Did you know that you weren't going to break them up? And he goes, yeah, that was part of the thing of just retiring. Since I've retired, there is no, it's almost like there's no strategy anymore. The strategy's out the door. He said prior to thinking, like if he didn't, hadn't decided he was going to retire on the way down, he would have, he would have used strategy. And I go, well, how did you know you didn't think that you were ever going to put the bar down or rest? And he goes, no, I just figured that if I fail, I was going to go until I failed a rep. That's where my mind is now, now that I'm going to retire. So it's just go out there and fucking just throw a fucking brick on the gas pedal <laughs> and go. And, uh, and, and it's interesting. It, it becomes really apparent of his different mindset than like speaking with you or with some of the other athletes you talk about who are still in that strategy mode, right? But he's sort of just like, hey, I'm just going to burn it down now. And he's injured. So he kind of he, – he's really, really injured bad. Yeah, so we gave him a hard time about that. He was all complaining about his knee, and then he went and did 55 thrusters at 185. We are like, hey, Scott, <laughs> sounds like your knee's not doing so bad. Well, one of the commentators pointed this out, and it was really a trip. They said, hey, notice every time Scott Panchik lowers the bar to his uh, front rack – his whole body shakes and would vibrate. And I asked him about that and he goes, yeah, that's my need. Like I, it's, it's basically like he's on a, on a, uh, working with a coffee table with a loose leg. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I go, so what's going to happen this week? He goes, I have no idea. He goes in the sprint. I had no idea what was going to happen. He goes, I know that I tried to take off as hard as I could and four steps in, it was just like, uh Oh, one of my legs isn't working. Yeah. It's an interesting way to compete. Like I, I talked to him a bit about it last night and like I say, we were ribbing him a bit after the event, but um, when there's no, there's no pressure in a situation like that. Right. Uh, right. And I, and I think he's kind of released himself from that. And everybody kind of thinks of Scott as like this fourth to sixth place, like no matter what, no matter when, doesn't matter. Like he can, he'll always be like a top five ish guy all the time. And I don't think he feels any pressure to do that anymore. Um, you know, he's happy with his career and happy with what he's done. And we were talking a bit last night and he's saying with his knee, it's like every, every event, it could be it, you know, like he doesn't know, like, especially this year where we don't have much information about the next events. It's like, 
you know, you take the floor, you do it as hard as you can. Cause I don't know when the next event comes out, maybe I can't even do it. Like it could be over. And I had a similar experience when I was in 2016, when I hurt my arm in the regional and um, tore my bicep. And it was kind of like I had the medical team hovering around me all weekend, like ready to withdraw me if I even made a face. So it was like, every time I took the floor, I was like, well, this might be the last event. So might as well just like give a shit. And then ever the next, the next event was like, maybe I'm going to be able to do it. Maybe I'm not going to be able to do it. So you warm up and then you just did whatever you could do. And so knowing that there, you weren't looking at the long game, like I'm not looking at the 15 events. I'm looking at like the next one. And that's really all you're focused on. And it's actually probably the best way to compete, but it's hard not to do that. And, and, and like extrapolate forward when you know that that's what you're competing for. And I think in his situation, that's just where you're at. He, he knows that like, it's this could be it every event it could be it and i don't know so we'll just take it on one at a time and and do your best and i think it's it's cool i'm glad he's he's doing that because um it's sweet i i I talked to him a bit about him retiring and he told me the same thing that he you know had decided and he he had to kind of put it out there because he figured if he if he made it to the end of the weekend before he made that decision he wouldn't make it he'd he'd get to the end of the weekend and say ah one, one more ride but um it's cool so i'm glad i'm glad he's uh you know like i said we gave him some shit because he couldn't run but then all of a sudden he could do all these thrusters and he's like man i don't know it just it felt how it felt and i just went for it and it is what it is so um it's cool i'm glad he's able to do that now and take the governor off and maybe win some events and who knows like he might blow up in a ball of fire on a couple of events and he might, and he might win, he might win a couple more. Like, I don't know. Right. And I don't think he does either. So it's kind of cool to see. He may carry his leg off. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's not that he goes down with an injury, but it could just be that when you go out with reckless abandon, you know, your strategy blows up in your face. Um, so we'll see, but uh, I think it's really cool to see him even, you know, he doesn't win a lot of events either. Right. So it was cool to see him win one, especially if it's going to be his last year. It was like only, only a, a second more. career, second career event win. It's been since 2012. Yeah, so awesome. That's that's so awesome. It it is. A, I will tell you, it is a little um, sad. To, he, he's a staple, right? And so, like when Matt retired, it's like, oh, the champ's gone. But but for some reason, I didn't mourn it as much as like thinking that Scott won't be back. I mean, I, I know everyone has a shelf life, but he, like you said, he's a, he's a staple. He's like he's a guy up there that you know can ruin some people's days. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like he's the guy that's just always there. He's just reliable, right? Yeah. And I feel like every year you kind of almost forget about him because it's just that reliable. He just shows up every day, does the same thing. And it's like, yeah, at the end of the weekend, oh, yeah, where's, oh, Scott's, yeah, he's in fifth. All right, it makes sense. And everybody talks about contenders and podium threats and whatever. And he's just so often overlooked, but he's always that guy. So it will be, it will be different when he's not there for sure. Do you know what event five is? Uh, we know we don't know the details. We know it's the rope climb, ski, and sandbag carry, and but we don't guys, know the distance of the carry or the weight of the carry, or the and variety that, of the rope climb. Yeah, and exactly. is that ba- is that bag you carry? Is that that uh, Hessel, Husseldorf? <laughs> yeah, the kind of triangular one, the strongman yeah. one. I think so. That they kind of took over the name of it instead of they're calling it the Cheddar. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Um, and and you don't know what event six and seven are, right? No, I think we know that they're back to back, but that's it. Um, do, do you think there's going to be a bike in the games this year? Oh, maybe. I feel like what, every year there's been a bike. What kind of bike do you I've mean? I've crashed by? it. 
like a bike, like with two wheels and like you bet you pedal. Like not a, yeah, not yeah. a C2 like, bike, but an actual no, road no, bike no. or mountain like, bike. Like, or yeah. Is, is there going to be a road bike that Pat can run over um, uh, Brandon? Lucky Brandon. Yeah. I already warned him. I told him if there, <laughs> I already, I told him if there is another one, I'm going to finish the job. Dude. I watched that clip like a hundred times prior to interviewing him. Man, you just you, you were you were like the drunk guy that switched like six lanes at once as you came around that turn to avoid that corner. Well, it's because I got I got clipped by another rider from the other side, so somebody had cut me off and clipped my front wheel, and it sent me over the left really hard. That's oh. why it's such an aggressive like zip across <laughs> all of a sudden. Is it's that funny. I got I got clipped on my front wheel as somebody else merged in front of me, and so they just turned me, and then I fucking was gone. I had like I went straight into the side of them. I don't know if it's true, but supposedly they didn't even show that in the um, in the CrossFit Games broadcast. But if anyone wants to see that, go over to Brandon Luckett's Instagram. You should steal that. And yeah, there was that. a couple videos of it. Uh, it's, it's I've seen epic. a couple angles of it that are. Oh yeah, it's and it like because the way I went into him, it basically like my spokes kind of went like right into his wheel, and so I my gear like my whole derailleur just ripped right off the bike. So I was just then like I had nothing. My oh that took you in. out too. Yeah. So my, but I, my feet were still clipped in, but I just like my, my whole gear shift was gone off the bike. So, but because it went into his tire, he like flipped straight over the handlebars. Like he, I got off so easy. Like I got clipped on the tire. Then I went into him and I was still, I kind of like bounced, but was still upright. And then I just like, I couldn't, I was spinning into nothing because my, my gears weren't attached. So I had to unclip and run my bike to the mechanic station. And then he like, was basically the same picked himself up and went to the mechanic station so i had to get a brand new bike that was like not it was just like not set for me it was just like a super low seat and whatever but yeah it was like wow that's funny i don't i didn't know it was him that i hit like later on we were riding and he we were riding together for like most of the race and it was just like it happens so fast and you just like immediately i just picked up and tried to ride and i was like i have no i just have to get somewhere and i just like started running um, just like running away from the scene of the crime. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was epic. But I think that, and in 2017, when we did cycle cross too, I had a collision with, uh, street Horner, I think street, yeah, street. Um, and we both went head over heels on that one. And it was like, you weren't clipped into those and we were on grass. So it was significantly less like, and there wasn't such a big pack of riders. Um, so it wasn't as big a deal. It wasn't as dramatic as the one with Brandon, but the video is intense. I'm glad he was like not more hurt because he got a little road rash, but he didn't like break his collarbone or anything because he went over pretty hard. Yeah, he was agile like a cat. I, I think the way he tells the story too is that neither of you knew who you had hit, but uh, until long after. But the irony was is that since both of you were in the back, you guys teamed up and made a plan to draft off yeah. each other to catch the pack. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> We were like, uh, yeah, because we were basically, we were, if not last, if somebody else might have got caught in that. But in the end, I think he caught up another one or two riders other than me. But I, I ended up 36th, and he would have been like 35th or 34th or something. But uh, we, yeah, we just rode together for like the whole race. And like we didn't have a pack, so we had significantly less draft potential. But we, uh, we tried to just alternate lead and ride for a while. And we caught up like four or five riders. There was like a, a trailing pack that we passed. Uh, so that felt Horner, good. Did Street Horner end up winning hit that heat that you guys crashed in? No. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought um, he was the one who was the really good bike rider. 
No, I don't know who won in ours that year. Because uh, I think it was, I don't even remember how many heats we had, honestly. I think it was through maybe four heats of 10. But Has Ricky reached out to you and wished you luck this week? <laughs> no. Um, how That's about, all right, though. Yeah, he knows. He's watching closely. Um, have you spoken with Justin Medeiros at all? Yeah, I sat next to him on the bus on the way back from the lake on Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Did you tell him to get a haircut? No, no. I told him to, to trim the sides higher. Of course, start growing out his back hair. That would be good. He's too young to have back hair. <laughs> I know. Um, is there anything else you would like to say to to your one of your favorite athletes of all time? By the way, thank you for bringing up Susan Clark. That was really cool. That's amazing. We got to get her on the show. Yeah, did she did she like win every event or like was it a the last time? The last time she was at the game, she was seven for a seven and event wins. This time, I think she won five out of seven. So she has won the games one year without losing a single event. Yeah, I mean, for her division, she's the most or divisions because she keep you know she ages up every so often. She's the most dominant cross I've ever seen. Wow, that's awesome! Make sure that everybody knows that when people start talking about Tia and Matt and like. Throw Susan out there. Well, like, actually, they're not the most dominant. Susan is the most dominant. Yeah, we, Susan. When we do our, our all-time top 10 men and women combined, Susan Clark yeah. will be the top of the pile. Next oh, time good. somebody asks you that question, like, what, who's your Mount Rushmore of CrossFit? You're like, oh, like Matt, Tia, Rich, Susan Clark. And Susan Clark, that's right. Blow everyone's mind with her stats. That's wild. That's very impressive. Yeah, she's awesome, and she's been. Uh, she doesn't compete every year. She, you know, she, she'll take a year or two off. She'll come oh, back. But I, that's even better. And yeah, and I. But she I knew just shows she up coming. now and then. And is like, yeah, I'll, I'll take another one. <laughs> when the yeah, kids I'm get too sure rowdy, why. she just comes in and she's like, someone else gets too wise, so she comes up and is like, no, remember who's in charge here. I've got it here. She wants. So she wants to do that. She won in three years, 2014, yeah. 15, 16. Then she took off 17, 18, won in 19. Last year, there was no Masters, and she won this year. Oh. Unless is she is she strategically avoiding the years where she's the oldest in the age group? Um, may, I don't know why she didn't compete in 17, 18. It could be, but it, you know, who knows? When the, I, ca- I kind of doubt it. I'm just saying. I'm sure it was just uh, whatever was going on in her life, and you never know, in, in, you know, when you're – she's been at least 55 all of those years. Like it's a pretty big toll on the body to come back and train for that year after year after year. You don't need to Definitely. tell Pat that. He's not 55 yet. Right. I think she's, it's just her, uh, her, how she cycles on and off. <laughs> oh boy. That's a joke. People. That's a joke for crying out loud. Um, Oh, oh so, sorry. One other question. It, it it looks like from from the little bit that I've seen, when Tia wins, she's just basically she she immediately leaves the play of field. Uh, is, does she seem pretty isolated? Is she, do you have you seen her around? Have you chatted with her? Her she's staying across the hall from us. Okay, I haven't seen her much, but uh, I don't know I chatted with her a bit before we started. I feel like since competition's been on, I haven't really seen her much. I think she kind of does her own thing, but I her folks that, are here as well. So she's spent some time with them, I think. Oh, you that's thought about awesome banging on her that. door at three in the morning and then running back into your room? We just had the baby cry. We oh, just let the baby cry all night. 
Seven, I think she's st- she'll stay around if she knows she's going to do the interview afterwards. But uh, otherwise, you know, I think it's, I mean, and, it, you know, there was a lot going on yesterday and it was hot outside in the afternoons. What, what, one, one of those events that was in the, I don't know what you call it, the North Park or wherever. I can't even remember which event it was, but literally she won and then she would just, the camera followed her just straight out of the stadium. Probably the sprint because I think they basically made us leave immediately because the next heat was coming so fast. I don't think um, it, was there another was there another event in, in there in the north? Well, North? the other the other one was the pig flip one, but I think she stayed and did the interview after that one. Mm, okay, but the, the sprint one because they don't if you because they went in heats they don't know if you won right away. So I don't know. I guess she did win the sprint too, and she was in the last heat. So I don't know. Have you they, they caught they I think they caught Haley Adams after that because T had already won two events. They'd already talked to her twice that day, so I think they wanted to talk to Haley. Share the wealth, yeah, maybe. Have Have you been tested at all there, Pat, for drugs, or do they just wait till the end? No, they do some random selections throughout the weekend. Um, I haven't been randomly selected. I think it, you know, I think it kind of depends. I know they test the top five, I believe, every year, no matter what, at the end. So I think part of it might be strategic in the way that they select their random ones. Like you probably wouldn't want to randomly select someone who you think is a favorite to finish in the top five somewhere because you're going to test them anyways. So it would okay. be like, you, it would be like redundant testing. Like you might as well, instead of testing the same person twice in a weekend, because te- it costs money to test, you might as well test more people. So I think, I think they tend to like, and I think sometimes it happens after things like whoever wins the one rep max snatch might be walking out into a randomly selected <laughs> drug test. You know what I mean? I think there's a little bit of that that goes on sometimes. So, or if you have a, uh, I have a vein yet, that's as thick as a, a, a King Cobra on your forehead or your bicep, you get the test. Yeah. So, you know, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if I see one before I leave here. Okay. Well, I hope you get tested. That's always a good sign. If you get tested after the event. Yeah, that's right. It's a compliment. Yeah. And it means you're in the top top five, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll try to stay there for the rest of the weekend. No more big bonks. All right, man. Uh, thank you. That was a that was a that was a long one you gave us. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for keeping us relevant. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, cheers. If there's anything you need, um, Brian has got a lot of free time on his hand. He can run you over a sandwich, a pair of shoes. He'll run to the store and get you diapers, any of that shit. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Hair That's hair not a little baby time? Oh, no. Oh, there he yeah. is. 